Hello, class. Oh, my gosh, that was a bad crack. Uh, and you are listening to Podcast 118 at Hey Arnold Reeducation, where every week two lifelong friends gather to rewatch, review, and relive every episode and movie of the classic Nicktoon Hey Arnold. I am one of your hosts, Simply Michael. <laughs> and I'm the other host, Simply Sean. <laughs> okay, that's that still tickles me after all of these years. And he just takes on an accent for yeah. no reason. The little the little <laughs> finger thing, the little chef's yeah. kiss gesture, whatever the hell <laughs> <Yeah>. that is. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, we're here, man. Uh, this is the final chapter of season two of Hey Arnold. Crazy. It, it went fast. It did. It did. This one kind of flew by, I think. Um, That's a, yeah, that is pretty weird. <laughs> um, if you want to fly by with us, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Good Pods. I, let me actually just type that in this time. So. And I should just actually change the base template so I never have to do that again. Um, Check us out on those platforms. Leave a rating review if you feel so inclined uh, so other people can find the show. I want to just give a shout out to, I think, the people, whoever's on r slash hey arnold uh, i think our listenership has like been like steadily pretty at a pretty good clip ever since i like plugged the show on there so whatever portion of the seven thousand people on that subreddit are listening to us now thank you so much uh, for checking us out thank you and please stick with us because if you're still in like season one please stick with us because it, it does get better <laughs> um <laughs> bear with us it's suffer okay. through it make you know working through the kinks you know we're in our, we're in our empire strikes back era that was like our new hope era <laughs> um <laughs> uh let's see oopsie phone fell oh, drop my donut oh that would be great for the for the board <laughs> anytime we make any sort of minimal minimal mistake and lose the composure forget i'm gonna hold this thing so check us out on twitter and instagram at pc 118 pod which i'm gonna get back to but anyway it's not gonna matter because like the 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 latency on these episodes is gonna be crazy it's gonna be great Uh, i I actually kind of like that there's such a huge buffer (laughs) between Mm. our recording and us actually putting these out uh it's a little less pressure in terms of me editing and uploading let's get right into season two episode 19 part a is runaway float which came out eight days before my sixth birthday, December 12th, 1997. I think that was my first birthday living in the hometown in which we share, but I'm not going to refer to by name directly. Hello. Ah. I'm getting pretty good at that. Yes, well done. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, written by Jonathan Greenberg and directed by Rob Porter and Larry Lightleiter, in which, uh, so actually, real quick, I'm going to do my own mm-hmm. horn. I hated the way this was written on Wikipedia, so I just wrote my own su- summer plot summary, and I think it I think it sounds pretty good. You tell me, though. You should commit it. Commit it as an I edit. should. It's Wikipedia. Yes. As, as Michael Scott said, you can go on that website and read about anything that anyone can write, anything yeah. about whatever they want, so you know you're getting the best possible information. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, my... To be submitted to Wikipedia, plot summary for a runaway float is as follows. After creating an idea for a parade float, Arnold is confident of it showing up 
in a parade. I kept that, but I embellished. However, his hopes are then dashed due to the interference of Big Bob after Helga convinces him to sponsor the project. Yeah. Okay. I got the nod of approval. (laughs) Thank you so much. Fair. Yeah, you didn't spoil the ending like most of them do anyway. They do do that. They do yeah. be doing that. <laughs> Doo-doo. <laughs> Doo-doo. Nothing without you. I'm getting ahead of myself. Please forgive me. <laughs> uh, Are you nutting without? No, I'm, we're, nutting, we're nutting with each other right now. Like That's true. That's what we're doing here. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm happy to nut with you. Should we? we should, maybe we should do that thing. You know, like a lot of podcasts will like change. Well, like the name of the episode is just going to be like some like minor conversational soundbite. Like perhaps we should just start that now here. Like nutting with each other parentheses runaway float slash partners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Format change. You heard it here first, people. If I may, I think I'd like to speak a little more holistically. As to kind of how, how this got, how this episode sat with me, I've yes. been try, I've been trying to get a grip on my thoughts surrounding like this again as we I've, as I've been currently or constantly been referring to it this second course of episode of season one, if you will, yeah. and there was always something that just it didn't kind of sit as well. Like sometimes you get something with a very like entertaining premise that you know mm. results in some goodness but then sometimes something just kind of feels a little off and i think i finally at least have an initial handle on it i feel like a lot of these particular episodes you know i'm also thinking of rough in it i'm also thinking of even world records which i really love like i'm a world record stan even even helga disappears or whatever that was magic show sorry a lot of these episodes seem to focus um, at least a little too much on plot and doesn't lean much into sort of like the vibes or the tone or like the immersion of the sort of in that particular uh in those particular waters that i think the initial order or whatever of season one kind of goes for and it, it, it suffers just a little bit like it's still entertaining like again like none of these episodes are like bad per se but it just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't grab you quite as much yeah i wonder if part of that's because i feel like some of these episodes did that, but I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of season one used the city as a character. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. When I think about the last string of episodes that we've watched, the only ones that really incorporate a part of the city as the character is like maybe the boat race, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the rest of them are like really plot heavy, which yeah, like you said, it's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. They're, they're fine, no. but yeah, yeah, it just, it feels, it feels like a, like a creative redirect yeah, right. It feels like a weird kind, and which is weird because it's like in the middle of the season. But I think it's clear they were still trying to really like narrow things down. They're trying things out, which is cool. You know, like they're yeah, kind absolutely. of it's, it's cool. It's interesting to see like an animated show do that. And like you could tell they were really just like trying, you know, trying to find sort of different angles for storytelling and whatnot. Which I do, I just, I definitely do respect. And that even comes through as to like the characterization of Arnold. Like it'd be weird to sort of picture Lockjaw or Mickey Kaline's baseball Arnold like. Mm being this much of kind of like a leader and i'm trying to decide like which arnold i like better like the arnold who like just gets pulled into things or the arnold who like initiates things and pulls people into his stuff because we kind of like get both that we kind of get that in both of these episodes today yeah Yeah. um i do kind of like yeah the sort of as as craig bartlett often references him he's kind of like this wandering monk slash buddha like figure who comes into everyone else's orbit or whatever and yeah does his you know buddha-ish buddha-esque uh duties and then pieces out 
I kind of like that one better. Yeah, the sort yeah. of the ring again. He's he's no Arnold. I love Arnold, but he he's no T.J. Detweiler. So it's weird to see him be kind of like the man with the plan. Yeah, I mean, I will say that he had a baller idea. It like, is a cool ass float. Like, I do like the well, float. Well thought through. I like that he went with like a motif for the city, mm-hmm. which I think was really clever. Like he explained all of his stuff well. He mm-hmm. got a nice little tongue in cheek in there with City Hall being good. I I didn't get that right? as a child, definitely right? not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is it is interesting because I mean as as our resident hate Arnold, whatever the word is, <laughs> um <laughs> I hold him to a pretty high standard and part of it's because of the shtick. But like when Arnold is the white knight that comes in and saves the day, I get I get annoyed. But this feels like this feels like the the best of Arnold for me. Like he comes okay. in with a decent yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that he tries to reason with his friends instead of stiff arm his friends. And I think this was a this was a decent superhero Arnold episode because, like, as we'll get to, the resolution is something really only someone that knew how to build the float and not just do paper mache would do. Mm, good, right? Very good point. Yes, I was gonna say like the other thing too about this episode is like to me it it plays out like a mid tier Disney Channel movie. Like I feel like <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, right? Like yeah, yeah it does. It's like, I can't necessarily compare it to any particular DCOM. I'm just like, you know, I mean, I was just yeah. trying to rack my brain, but it just feels like that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely does. Like Sean McNamara, I think would have directed the hell out of this episode. Maybe we can, you know, get, he, he directed a bunch of like even Steven shit and like punks and yeah, a lot of stuff. Yeah, we can, maybe we can get him to direct the live action adaptation of this, <laughs> this here episode. <laughs> Did you notice that Eugene has two whole different ass voices in this episode, and he only has Dude, two lines? Was, they were like, different. <laughs> what was going on? I was so wow, confused. This the is great. His mouth. Wow, this is great. <laughs> was... hey, hey, Swedish chef. Yeah. <laughs> okay, just, Kermit. Just, but what the? Hey, fuck, Kermit. What's Eugene's going on? Voice. <laughs> we're out of we're out of paint too. We're out of paint too. <laughs> But anyway, I don't know. I think Ben, maybe Ben Diskin was too busy at school or something like that. Um, Weird, very weird. There's another really, oh yeah, we're not, we're not going to get this until later because we still have like one, maybe one more season one episode we have to get through in in season three. Um, So we're not totally out of the woods here, but yeah, it's like a really shrill line delivery for Eugene. But yeah, well, you'll get that. I don't want, I don't want to I'm kind of excited by that. Bury the lead. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, I was going to say, though, to your point, like, yes, I think Arn- Arnold works here, I think, because the force of nature that he is, Big Bob comes in is, and is just so just like just so blindly again, like, mm. you know, capitalistic and mercenary and yes, kind of evil in the process. And his, you know, we get we meet Nick Vermicelli for the last for the first time. Great name, by the way. Amazing. Yeah, so good. Amazing. Scary character, character name. Though. Dude, right? Like. He's terrifying. I, I mean, like. he, he makes me think of like if he, he gives me like Emily the criminal vibes like this dude definitely has a credit card fraud ring that he runs. <laughs> yeah, he's skeevy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we had Nick Vermicelli and Pete Mighty Pete, but this would have been like his first canonical appearance if they like just went regular in regular order. But yeah, the dude, he is a very highly, highly, highly suspect. Do you remember? Um. Well, there's a Gerald quote where he goes like, it's art versus commerce and commerce always wins. Do you remember the Rocco's Modern Life episode about like, it's like Earth Day or everyone's recycling, something like that. Do you, does that ring a bell at all? It's like a whole, it's a musical about the whole episode. It's like, a, uh, it's like all these musical numbers about the importance of recycling. 
maybe okay but there there's not, not enough okay. for me to formulate for no. sure there's there's a little song there that goes you can't fight city hall you can't fight corporate america they are big <laughs> and we are small you can't fight city hall <laughs> okay that that okay. part sounds familiar okay for sure for sure yeah. that's uh but yeah um i mean i already have a mr simmons moral here so don't worry but um yes that did make me think of it and speaking of city hall well okay you know what let's let's backtrack a little bit um hmm. do you want to just jump to the action set piece that takes up like the final third of this episode i guess or as long as we give our flowers to the flowers coming from the mortuary to save money yes which means he's stealing them from people's <laughs> graves <laughs> I, I do like they did they didn't do like the little like symbol hit you know, whenever they do that, sometimes they'll like punctuate like a really messed up joke and really like hammer it home. But that one flew under the radar. Uh, but yes, further uh, driving home, how kind of, you know, unscrupulous. That's the word uh, Big Bob is. That's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. It definitely is. Yeah. No, Big, Big Bob's a villain. We know this. <laughs> yeah. He's got, he's got that, got that. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Got all that going on again. The float becomes a runaway float because they paste yeah which is a terrible idea like top crazy top heavy paper mache i feel like on top yeah safety restraints dude yeah no no harness or anything and it looks like helga just straight up falls backwards off of the off of the float after it collapses and like falls probably like fall yeah yeah this is where helga truly disappears in this episode um and the remainder of the show is just it's like all those dark Rugrats fan theories and whatnot. Um, where oh it's God. just yeah. all her. The rest <laughs> of it is just her comatose dreams and projections of her uh, viewpoints of her relationship with Arnold and Phoebe and all the other characters around her and stuff. Is this headcanon or is this actual? I don't know. Somebody on Reddit probably. <laughs> Someone thought of this. Someone's thought of this. Yeah, I'll find. I'll, we should probably find some like hey, Ar- dark Hey Arnold fan theories because I don't think they're. You always hear about yeah, like you always hear about the Rugrats ones, but. Or like the Lilo and Stitch ones or whatever it is. Or the Frozen, Tarzan, Tangled, Little Mermaid one. The Huge Reach. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that corporation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're here to talk about this one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This it episode's was, a Final Destination movie. Kind of. That That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. Uh, we should totally like, if we ever get hard up, we should just we should just draft a final destination pitch and just like how everybody dies in very, very specific <laughs> ways. That would actually be a lot of fun. Maybe we should, maybe we should do that <laughs> at some point, whenever you want. Um, you're, you have the writer's brain. Yeah. I just, I, I did want to just point out like one, by the time Arnold like stops the parade float in front of like the judges panel, the yeah. judge consists of some like, I guess people who are pillars of the community and we didn't really know it. We have spell yeah. spelling bee proctor lady Torvald's mom. Who we also last saw at Teacher's yeah. Strike, I think, working at the uh, working at the grocery store, uh, the convenience store, and then the, I've seen him twice now. And I'm like, oh, what is this guy? There's this like kind of just stocky, very politician-looking gentleman, and uh, he had like a PSA when they're at the when they're playing hooky, mm. and he's the one, the guy who goes, "In education, that's a terrible thing to waste." <laughs> To waste. To waste. To waste. Oh, God. I did not connect any of those things. I was, uh, I think, well, if anything, these episodes make it a little, uh, I think maybe things are drawn a little more clearer. Um, so it is easier to, like, pick out characters and, like, background yeah. details and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I will, I will give him that. Uh, we also got Hey Arnold's number 54 and 55. 
Yeah, of the show. two of them. Both from Gerald, right? Uh, I think one from Gerald and maybe one from Helga. I got to double check. Something along those lines. Hey, Alfred. <laughs> Is that what he called him this time? Because I thought it was like, hey, Alden. Or I have no idea. Was... I had to rely on subtitles. Yeah. I really only heard Al. I really should have. I, I feel bad. I should have like started a column for this. Well, actually, it'd probably be easy. I could just go back and look at all the Big Bob episodes we've gone so far, but just like Big Bob misnaming Arnold. Yeah, yeah he's the phone that fucks up. Alfred. That's the one, that's the. I think Alfred's still the funniest one. Uh, let's see. That's all I really have on this episode. Oh yeah, no, this is a, this it's is a like, simple, sweet just, episode. Yeah. I mean, Integ Integ wins out, so that's mm-hmm. good. Okay. Mo- yeah, let's nut. Moving on. Let's 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 get this. You know, as they say. Don't start nothing, won't be nothing without you, or something like that. Part B is called Partners, same air date, written by Jonathan Greenberg and Steve Vixton, directed by Dan Povenmire and Julie Murphy Hashiguchi, in which Arnold finds himself caught in the middle. Actually, oh, I think I wrote, rewrote this one too. So, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, I think I drafted this. Yeah, this, these are going up on Wikipedia later. Screw it. Um, Arnold finds himself caught in the middle when Dino Spumoni and his former songwriting partner, Don Reynolds, both take up residence in the Sunset Arms boarding house, each looking to assert their own songwriting prowess. This then also brings to mind Arnold's issues of codependency with his best friend, Gerald. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I think this is a really solid, like, parallels episode like yes it, it doesn't yes. feel forced and i think using the talent show as like the i guess almost the, the b plot really mm-hmm. uh it's pretty smart i thought this one was 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 pretty solid together it's yeah narratively pretty tight i mean again yeah. with 11 minutes like again in like in bringing in not one but two you know random adults mm-hmm. uh for this in the form of uh, Don and Dino. I saw a tweet the other night uh, from at Tunes Go Wild who wrote, Hey, Arnold is a hilarious show when you realize how much grown-ass men were constantly treating Arnold like he was their big brother. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly? Yeah. I mean, yes, yes. We've seen this to be true multiple times. Um, And then someone, I think, replied like, Man, like he was treating this motherfucker like he was his son and it was like a gif of arnold of oscar like clipping his toenails yeah yeah you're not you're not wrong yeah pretty much oh my god <laughs> that's the buddha for us yes um because this was the final episode of the first season in production order again we're gonna get one more season one episode later but this is the last this was the swan song of the original arnold voice actor uh torin mm. coddle so there's that and yeah, it was kind of okay. a little wistful, you know. It's like it was an interesting. Did you cry? Uh, not quite. Mm, okay. Perhaps, perhaps the next time I hear him for the next, the last time, because that time, that uh, that time, it's real. Quick question: Did you guys have talent shows at Highland at the? Uh, I mean, the church, the Christian school that you went oh, to yeah. that will remain nameless. <laughs> That's just fine. Cool. Uh, no. <laughs> No, that would have been quite the uh, vetting process. No, you you praised God as a unit, as a class, really. Right on, right on. Reciting a Bible verse <laughs> or singing so, a hymn. So church. <laughs> Basically. So it was a church service, a regular church service. <laughs> Absolutely. With free child labor. Right on. Sorry, with child labor that's paying to be there. <laughs> oh, right on. Cool. Pay to play. Nice. Love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So sick. We had, yeah, we had... We always had a talent show at ours at our uh, elementary school. Hmm. There was always a girl who, like, every year sang some show tune, 
Like she, she kill it. Uh, her mileage will kind of vary. Hmm. Like she really went for it, but I think at a certain point, there's only so many times you can hear like a song from Annie. And I like I liked the movie. I was just like, I'd rather just watch the movie. Like I I don't kind of need to. Plus, her mom was kind of like a piece of work on the on the PTA. So love um, that. Yeah. Um, Sounds like someone who would sing show tunes. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. She mm-hmm. she probably had like pretty bad like stage mom energy, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, absolutely. I happened to have the one teacher in the school who like played a musical instrument. It was cool, though. I mean, like she always like she would whip out her guitar and we'd like sing songs in school and stuff. And I liked singing, I think, already from an early age. But I had to like yeah. keep that on the hush, not on like, you know, like Zac Efron in High School Musical because I didn't want the other boys to make fun of me. Um, but mm. she would require every like if you had her, you had to sing in the talent show. And I think she just like every single year she made her class um sing zippity doodah so we'd have like little like paper bluebirds pinned to our shoulders hence mr bluebird on my shoulder Uh, yeah though that was that was that that sounds Uh, like so much fun i think actually in a slight connection this that girl i just mentioned one year she actually sang new york new york and it took forever because that song takes its time building up to the to the big finish yes that it does uh to that point um, I guess we can go ahead and maybe we should just talk about the the Dino the Dino joints we get dropped in this. We get. He's <laughs> so awesome! Oh, he's so awesome! Dino Spumoni. He share your gift. Well, every like all of the episodes we get about Dino Spumoni, I'm going to fanboy sure. because so 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 good. Who 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 sings his voice? Well, I think Michael Levin. Oh, really? Oh, it's not the guy who just voices him? They got a different guy to sing it? It looks like... I mean, oh, this is This is Hey Arnold Wiki information, oh, voiced by Rick Corso, yeah, yeah. speaking. Oh. Mike Eleven for singing. Okay, okay, sure. But sounds... Like, like sounds really close. Maybe they both just specialize really in, like, Sinatra voice matching... Maybe yeah, that's all yes. it is. Maybe that's the that's the maybe that's the connective tissue. Sinatra, <laughs> Dean Martin kind of thing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, the Rat Pack yeah. of it all. Just great, great songs. Like I'm not. I, I wouldn't say that I'm the biggest aficionado of like all of the songs of this era and mm-hmm. like how to connect all the points in between. But like the lyrics, the bounciness of the tracks mm-hmm. feel like so appropriate and in era you even get dino spumoni mentioning like oh, i remember f- performing that song at whatever at the palace at the palace and back in 1954 yeah, yeah 1954 yeah yeah and like so rooted in it and i mean the the first one we get is better not touch my gal which is um i love that song it's so good yeah so good just the playfulness of like don't do this or this will happen that's it's like that was a thing though back then a lot of those songs are like actually pretty hostile but it's like it's that thing again i mean it's that age-old thing of like hey the music feels one way but the lyrics are kind of implying something else entirely like people have been doing that for decades yeah (laughs) decades people have been doing that for decades (laughs) yeah he threatens a big black eye he calls someone a two-bit hood which let me actually let's do a a live phoebe's notebook on okay for sure for sure two-bit hood feels like very specific i know i never really understood like i know two bit i think is just kind of like yeah I mean, half rate like half like that's kind of like that's kind of the way that i interpret it i know it looks like hood it might be short for hoodlum hoodlum which sure. makes, yeah which yeah. makes sense i feel like that feels in the right time frame yeah for yeah, that. yeah yeah 
and then especially two bit does as well yes <laughs> right mm -hmm. so good and then oh my god the, the finish to the song too you'll never ever eat solid, solid food, food again, again. grandma so... and grandpa with the spirit the jazz hands and they're yeah it was, it's so, i that's so one of my cute. one of my favorite like grandma grandpa moments obviously just like them just mm -hmm. kind of like becoming young again and just like because we already know they both have we already knew they had a a mutual history with Dino Spumoni, their first date or whatever at the pal at the the Circle Genius Theater. Such a yeah, great. Callback, and yeah. just like the little whatever that move is called, where you like move your hands between your knees and stuff. I've always, that's like oh, the, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I don't know. I don't it's know what that was super, called. Super, but yeah, they're just yeah. I'm just I'm sorry. I'm getting kind of like emotional, <laughs> just like so visualizing good. it. Yeah, just that wide shot of them on yes. the coffee table and everything. It's just. Uh, Melts, no, and they and the they place the lines so effectively too, because mm -hmm. for Grandpa to be the one that's like, you better oh, not touch my yeah, gal, yeah, 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 or I'll yeah. pop you in the case of bow. Yeah, yeah. And then you know, Grandma coming in with like the, I mean, it it's not like it has to be like her yes. voice, but it's it's almost like they're contributing to the same lyrics, and uh -huh. it's so good. <laughs> so listen, good, you son of a bitch, <laughs> so good. And Grandma will absolutely give you a big black eye when she, when she when she premieres in Nickelodeon All Star Brawl Two, which I saw was announced today. Are that we sponsored now. I uh, uh well it can be or we can kind of do the thing we can pay to be sponsored <laughs> just <laughs> as <laughs> as we pay to play yes um yeah yes but that one's very good mm -hmm. and then later in the episode uh since we're just going about the joints like I forgot that. This episode is about them having two disparate parts of a banger track. That's pretty cool. I mean, I always, I always felt it was really clever the way they brought it together. That with all that, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this might be me just like theory crafting here, but when they replay the songs at the same time while Arnold and Gerald are like outside of the boarding house mm -hmm. or maybe in their room at some point, it almost f sounds like Don singing his song like semi off key mm -hmm. was like close to the key that. Um, that Dino's music would have supported. The full song is in an entirely different melody entirely, but mm -hmm. um, I thought it was really, really clever because you get, at least in the moment, maybe again, I was theory crafting, but in the moment you almost get that glimmer of like, oh, these are two disparate pieces that could come together. Mm -hmm. And the resolution is is solid. It's really smart mm -hmm. and cute. And I enjoyed this episode a lot. It was like, it veered to almost like, there's going to be another, there's the last, I think the next step, the last episode we have to do uh, from this batch is like Arnold and Gerald's friendships, like really on the rocks. And this is kind of felt like a small taste of that, but I'm glad that they yes. pulled back a little just because it's like, it was more about, well, ultimately like Dino and Don yeah. kind of pull Arnold and Gerald both back from the brink with their respective like little pep talks and whatnot. Yes. And yes. again, yeah, it's like the thing that I'm continually impressed by with this show is just like the way that they take these especially these like older adult characters and it's like they're never like hammering it home with yeah. uh or beating rather beating the the children over the head with these lessons but they just they it feels very organic like yeah how they serve as like the foils to these to the kids it feels <clears throat> like arnold and gerald learn the lesson like without being told it they just yeah. kind of see that and then realize that can be bigger than you know a petty argument mm -hmm. which who knows how petty or not petty this argument was between the two of them True. after like a long and storied career yes but it's good to it's good to see you get you get a fun a fun resolution i did i mean i mean i usually like i'm not initiating the hate arnold but i i i do have to hate arnold bullet points here though if i if please i please do please do I was, if gerald like 
talent shows aren't for everybody, you know? Yep. Again, mm-hmm. I can attest to that because, like, most of my class, a lot of my classmates hated, like, being forced to sing zippity doo da uh, by yeah. Mrs. Quinn. Um, and if Gerald didn't want to do the talent show, then Arnold shouldn't have had to, like, make him be his his second, be part of his act or whatever. And yeah. also, who signs up for a talent show without knowing what you're going to perform and you still don't have an act nailed down four days out from said show. Yeah. But then also exactly. we should be blaming the blaming the school because they're supposed to like vet this and screen people and you're supposed to rehearse for at least like two to three weeks, like two to three mm-hmm. times a week before yes. the show happens. So this is just tech time. a systemic, this is just a systemic organizational nightmare. There's a lot of yeah. layers to this. PS 118. Absolutely. Otherwise you know. get Arnold and Gerald performing take you down by chris brown on stage right before spring break uh almost burning a lot of bridges with teachers who were really rooting for them it was that it was like like tyra banks style we were all rooting for you we really were Mm -hmm. we really really Mm -hmm. were but otherwise yes putting the songs together arnold's arnold's uh ah, what's the word facsimile or kind of attempt Mm -hmm. to croon very very cute I mean, definitely. I be- it, he sang better so here. Cute. Sang better so here than cute. he did. My name's Don Arnold. Please yes. have a caramel. I really enjoyed Arnold's performance because it didn't feel like blown up into like this. Oh, Arnold's actually really fucking good at no. everything. It did just like this is just what a this is what a nine year old boy would sound like singing a song that he didn't really understand. <laughs> but I guess exactly. they're just like yeah. And I was like, I was listening to the tune of it, and I was like, okay, this song feels like it's like a, a, a like hearkening to some other kind of like loungy croony song and i just connected it uh the, the kind of like is like a it's a play on on beyond the sea i think yes bob like, bobby darren yeah exactly instead of following the like lyrics to beyond the sea mm-hmm. it's following the melody that's pretty cool yeah. that's the back of it yeah and then it puts it to the lyrics here so when you get like Without Oliver Hardy's and Laurel wouldn't show. Mm. Like it has that same bounciness to yeah. it in the in the first half of this the uh sequence there. And it's really good. And you need a big tattoo. And yes. you got <laughs> you got Robbie some food. And you got some food to chew. Nothing, nothing. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the weird like orchestral maneuvers in the dark track that Don makes for his own music. Is, yeah, like, what the hell was that? Really, <laughs> the loop, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> really off-putting. And then I also like I don't know why, but I remember fixating on this at a kid too, like the Sacagawea line. Yeah. For whatever reason, he goes really like guttural aggressive saying. <laughs> oh, does he? I don't. I forgot. I didn't catch go, that. Go and watch okay. that specific part after this. Okay. Like, the Sacagawea Clark would still be. <laughs> Don, like I think. Let you... me just say, I'm a, I'm a hundred percent team, Dino. Okay, like, you're you're you were on the Dino side. Well, you're saying I'm... like in terms of like like the. Well, musically, obviously, but like even in just in terms of the conflict to the table. Okay, okay, sure. And the yeah, conflict, yeah, yeah. I think Dino wins out because Don just writes some some good lyrics. I mean, and like, yeah, you can you can see artists getting away with like making entire songs with scat as the lyrics. Good point, because I mean, and yeah, this song like <laughs> I'm nothing without you. Um, <laughs> could 100% go as a scat lyric song with the way he was presenting it. Yes. I th- 
Yeah, banger. And the piano track behind it, fire. Fire, come on. You know, I mean, I'm thinking, I was trying to think of like other like songwriting duos and stuff like that this could apply to. Like the first thing that came to mind was like mm. Elton, Elton John and like Bernie Taupin and stuff. And, mm. and then <laughs> I wrote a song about an octopus. <laughs> Jumped up your ass. You like it was the literally room. Sounds like there's a rift happening between the Beatles. <laughs> um and then please stop arguing here <laughs> in Beatles, India. Please stop arguing. <laughs> you guys, I mean, we like we like you guys a lot. You guys are almost as good as the monkeys. We think you all are great. Uh, everyone, go and watch Walk Hard. Yes, right between there. between season two and three, watch Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox yes. Story. Um, yes. yeah, or even like Patrick Stump and Pete Wentz. Yes, absolutely. Of, like, I don't think, I don't really, I mean, I just, judging by the way he plays the bass, I don't know, like, how great, like, Pete Wentz is as a musician, so I'm just inferring a little bit. Dude writes some very, like, iconic lyrics, but yeah, Patrick, Patrick being the primary arranger of a Fallout Boy really brings mm -hmm. that shit home. He yeah. also wrote a killer track uh, that you listen to whilst riding the Incredible Hulk coaster at Islands of Adventure, which really mm -hmm. pumps the blood. Also, yeah. go listen, people, go listen to Patrick Stump's songs for Spidey and his amazing friends because they yes. are insanely good. Patrick Stump is consistently underrated outside of the genre. Mm -hmm. Like, I personally believe that he can hold his own next to Brendan Urie with his to, vocal yeah. range, yeah, yeah. but also his ability to control his voice. Mm -hmm. Like, if you just isolate, like, I don't know, pick the most technical song you have by Panic at the Disco, whether mm -hmm. it's This Is Gospel or if it's just the way that Brendan Urie goes between and I Write Sins, mm -hmm. and you put that against Thanks for the Memories, oh, dude, you put, yeah. you put mm -hmm. that against any of those songs that Patrick Stump goes from, like, the, the high register to the low register, but then also vibratos in between, mm -hmm. like, not just the adjacent notes, but the skip notes. Crazy. Patty Stump, that's my guy. That's my fucking guy. Mine too. Mine too. Yes. And Gerard Way is great too, but Gerard Way is a third place to the two of them. <laughs> in vocal in vocal ability. Yes. Um there's a there's a pretty emo Dino's Pimoni song coming later in the show, which maybe a little more Gerard Way could probably croon the hell out of that. Yeah, I think that's kinda I think that's kind of it. Uh, we can cast just to round it out, we can cast Dino and Don if you Yes. If, if you want. Okay. Yes. I think I remember saying I wanted like Sylvester Stallone before because he kind of looked like him more which would, be, which would be great honestly I think he's I mean especially he's up there he's like 80 yeah. or he's like he's in his 70s which is crazy I feel like you could get away I mean like Robert De Niro would be cool but I think like this would be but what I like what I like most about Dino Spumoni is his very like quickly caustic personality yes. <laughs> which yes. again is very indicative of um <laughs> broken shell of a man yeah. but at least I'll still have my pride yeah um so I think, and I mean, not quite old enough, but it's fine. That's what prosthetics are for. Because I think here, like, we're probably supposed to believe that Dino Spumoni is probably, like, in his 70s or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I think, like, Vince Vaughn would be good. Mm. He's getting up there. Well, yeah, they're very just, like, never really lets you finish a sentence. I think that's another thing that Dino uh, does a lot in pretty consistent, um, pretty consistent measure. So yeah, I think I'd, I'd want Vince Vaughn as Dino Spumoni now that I've listed yeah. all of them. And then based solely, <laughs> based solely on like visual, because this was hard, and I'm really curious to hear who you have. For Don yeah. Reynolds, the only actor I could think of was, you know who Michael Jeter is? Is that not the baseball player? No, that's Derek Jeter. <laughs> Oh, you did it. Derek Jeter, you <laughs> shot me. Yes, this is him. This is him. This is him. Okay, <laughs> okay. full stop. Offer no audition. 
offer goes out to Noel. <laughs> okay. We need to give him any line. <laughs> okay. If you need a visual, for those of you who don't know, Michael Jeter, he plays. I only know him in two things. He plays the original, like, abusive, out possibly alcoholic, heavily implied alcoholic owner of Airbud and Airbud. Uh, he's like, he's like a clown, and he like mistreats him, and then he goes, goes off and you know changes the life of the kid and plays basketball. That's yeah. Um, and he was also in Jurassic Park three. He dies pretty quick. Wait, I think he's. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. In the Fisher King, Jeter portrayed an unnamed homeless cabaret singer. He's already got this. Okay. <laughs> right. He's got this. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> wow. Um, well, who who was the runner up? Just well, as just is... as uh Paul Walker auditioned to play Anakin Skywalker before it going to Hayden Christensen. Who who did who would you have put up to? It? Dude, oh my god, oh my god, no, I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Michael Jeter was portrayed Mr. Noodle in the Elmo's World shorts. Holy shit. Or Mr. Okay. Mr. Noodle. No, sorry, sorry. I, I misspoke. He portrayed Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. Oh, shit. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Mr. Noodle spelled out, by the way. Okay, yes. <laughs> Mr. Noodle. Okay, yeah, absolutely. This, yep, that's him. Uh, the runner-up was Will Ferrell. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. it looks like Will Ferrell. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. My Spumoni is Seth MacFarlane. Okay. Just, there you just go. For the singing. Yeah. Like I, I want to hear someone modernize these. And yes. Seth is the, Seth I've, al- I've always wanted to go to one of Seth MacFarlane. He comes to like, he comes to SF like every year for like New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, right? And we'll just sing a bunch so. of like big band stuff. But yeah, like his, he basically just, he just has to like do his character from seeing like the mouse who's like, like in deep with the loan sharks because he's like, which is really just himself, basically. Like, yeah. Without the loan shark stuff, <laughs> yeah. like this is what Seth MacFarlane's music is. Yeah. It still blows my mind. Like, you can have somebody like literally the backbone for like really, really long-standing popular show franchises, but also be a Grammy nominated, Grammy winning, uh, nominated at the least. Tony? I don't know about winning. Um, I, he's he's I got he's got some. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane is like, but that that dude. Yeah. like he's like I would go as far as to say like one of the vocalists of the generation I like, I would say so and the, and plus yeah. not only that like his ability to like to sing even like in not just his crooning but just like singing in singing in, in character character like yes the episode where uh, into harmony's way where uh, Peter and Quagmire like form like a folk duo yeah is one of my favorite family guy episodes of all time for sure Spumoni could be an audition, but Don Don is going to Michael. Dewey. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I was like, who's bald and has a mustache? That was that was my only criteria. Okay, cool. <laughs> he's oh, kind cool. of he's kind of he's kind of a he's kind of like you know a sad sack at the same time. Like, oh, that guy. <laughs> Absolutely a sad sack. Mm. I, I have a bias for the Spumoni episode, so. <laughs> so no, yeah, I, I knew like some. These are some of the best. Yeah, definitely like. In terms of kind of like the overall plot device or the subgenre or whatever, like yeah. it's gonna be a good time with its whenever Dino Spumoni's in the mix. He's mm-hmm. one of the more like frustrating like adults Arnold has to deal with, but it's like yeah. in a really entertaining way. We get it, yeah, yeah. He's gonna come back. He's he's up there. He's like up there with Coach Wittenberg, I would say for sure in terms of just like screen time and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it will always be good to see this slightly over the hill uh 
musical musical darling on episodes i feel better about it having revisited it and maybe i'll i might i think i'll rewatch partners at the very least after this shortly just 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 watch don say clark okay so i I will i will yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh and like will ferrell is a terrible singer as we all know (laughs) um so that would work that would totally work Mm -hmm. have you seen the video of have you seen the video of him singing Leather and Lace with Dave Grohl in like 2007? It's pretty great. I don't great. consume much Will Ferrell. I know content. you don't. I know you don't. That's you've, <laughs> you've been very, and I really appreciate your honesty about that all these years of our friendship. Damn. Well, that Yum. really that wraps up season two of Hey Arnold. Wow, snaps. Our next episode will be a more comprehensive conversation wrapping up season two before going into season three, but that's crazy there we are there mm-hmm. it is made it if you want you can go ahead into the wrap-up after this or if not you can go straight into season three whatever i don't remember the name of what what the season three premiere is because i'm not thinking about it right now because we're going to do that wrap-up so just listen to the wrap-up that works too um i have uh mr simmons morals in the chamber if Ooh, give them to me give them okay to me. all right so regarding runaway float um, I wanted to say something more about like artistic integrity, ultimately like winning out, which it does, which it certainly mm-hmm. does. I think like it's yeah. the most important thing, even if the corporate capitalistic interests try to do otherwise, <coughs> AMPTP. Um, but I, I do want to say you might not be able to fight City Hall, but you might be able to crash your flimsy parade float into it if you try hard you enough. definitely can. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and kill a band along the way. That's true. That true. Yeah. Never mind Eugene causing the bandstand to crash. This was a this one that one was a joint effort. I and uh finally well this is actually definitely very important and I think like a lesson that I've like kind of learned the hard way myself, uh particularly throughout like my twenties or the last like ten, twelve years, which is totally yeah. fine. Um, but for partners, you know, best friends need boundaries too, but there's always a chance to repair. I mean, if all parties involved feel so inclined to do mm, so. Yeah. That's that's my take on it. That's a warm one. Well done. Hmm. I want to, we'll, we'll, we'll note, oh, actually we'll get like a nice little fact check on the pronunciation of Sacagawea, but we'll get, we'll get there with the, the particular character who fact checks it is the obvious choice, but it is yeah. a, it'll be, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Let me see. Yeah, that, that'll do it for season two of Hey Arnold. And uh, this is just one big, long, extended conversation. So we don't really do seasons here on Podcast 118. And another thing that we never do is never eat raspberries as well. 